Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10:30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. To set the stage for my three-parter, and hopefully today I'll just be part one. To encourage you. Um, Luke fifteen eleven. Right in the middle of Christ's Luke 15 passage. Red letters, if you will. Then Christ said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So the father divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, COVID hit. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with wasteful or prodigal living. But when the younger son had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want for shelter, food, clothing, livelihood. How many know his money was gone? The younger son went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the pigs, the swine. And the young son would have gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when the young son came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He arose and he came to his father. But when the young son was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Father, I have rehearsed this speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, The younger son has come home. The father said to the servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. They begin to be merry. Now his older brother was in the field and he came and drew near to the house. He came and drew near to the house and he 
inquired what, what's going on. He called one of the servants and asked, what are these things? What do they mean? Servant said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. The older brother was angry and he would not go in. Remember this on part two. He was at the house. He would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and he said to his father, All these years I have been serving you. I have never transgressed your commandment at any time. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But being the drama brother in the family, as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. Father said to the older son, son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is found. I would like to begin a three-part that may be in two Sundays. Depending on your interaction, it may be in one Sunday. I would like to do a three-part on my heart. I never read this, never saw it anywhere else. Come home. Come in. Come together. Today, come home. I've never broken this up like this. I never read it, found it, saw it. New to me. So I ask your indulgence, (laughs) your forgiveness. Come home. What took the son away from home. He wanted to be in charge of his own destiny. He wanted his inheritance now while his father was still overseeing the funds. What took the son away from home? He wanted freedom. Now, some of this might be, is it supposition? I think What we'll find out in eternity when we have all this time to watch these things on supernatural video. Probably his older brother was a bit of a sandpaper guy to live with. What took him away from home? How come people drop out of church? Why did people walk away from Christ? I know those are two different things. When I walk away from church house, it doesn't mean I'm walking away from the Lord, but I certainly assume more responsibility for my Christian life. And the angst or the, or, 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 or the leverage that said, I'm going to pick up all my gear and move to Beverly. What took this son away from home? Maybe the brother... Railed on him to where he couldn't stand up, live on this sprawling ranch. Maybe he got online and saw all those living the good life. <laughs> Dad, I just want you to know, I come home to my room, the bed's made, the house is clean, the food is great. I just can't take this anymore. 
Sometimes people say a word. And a strong, mature saint walks away from that fellowship. Sometimes, when Dennis Connor first moved to Phoenix eight years ago, he went to a Sunday night service because his business was Sunday morning, and he walked into Tommy Barnett's church on a Sunday night. Thousands are there, and, you know, he was never there before, and he sat where Judith is sitting today. He's hungry for the word in the great church, great, great church. So Dennis comes down to the third row, and he sits in that chair as Judith is sitting. And a few minutes before church, a lady tapped Dennis and said, you are sitting in my seat. There was 5,000 of them. He looked up and he realized it was Mrs. Uh, Tommy Barnett. And Dennis, you know, God bless him. He's always been slight, half blind, and you know what I mean, I love him. And he, you know, jumped up and he went. He didn't walk out of the house of God because we were raised in the same church. He didn't walk away out of the house of God. He went and found himself another seat. And he said, Mo, there were 3,000 extra seats well, Sunday night. I mean, like she never hears her husband. Bring in a folding chair for crying out loud. It's Sunday night. <laughs> Have you ever found that church people are weird? Forget the people that loot and boot and scoot downtown Portland. We have our own variety. How many know that we need Jesus every day of our life? Every day of our life. Discipleship only concludes when the rapture hits or you pass away. And if you pass away young, leave Michael your routing number. Hallelujah. Praise God. I heard someone hit, say, Hazel, he's in form today. I told you I'm as happy today as I was on Easter Sunday. We had a 40-day revival. 81 kids filled the balcony for 40 nights in a row. And Eddie White came to Christ, was gloriously baptized and saved. He was the area's uh, drug peddler, handsome guy. Had everything in his hand, especially when he received Christ. He stood up. And Bill Stevens says, what do you want to say to the evangelist? I want to say, Brother Stevens, I will never walk away from God. Amen. But a month later, we never saw him again. Our first Sunday here, I asked a busy man who had all kinds of tasks, a big bruiser of a man. His wife was a good singer, and he had a lot of tasks. And we were just moving in and uh, just coming from downtown and... uh, Wobbly as it was, uh, we started the fourth week, a 930 service. And I asked him, I said, I'm going to ask you, man to man, he'd been a Christian 30 years, to leave the sound booth and be head of ushers for me. And he left the sound booth. And he left the church. Bless God, he got his own way. Hebrews 5 Good to read between storms, says Paul. Well, the writer to Hebrews says, when you should be working and serving in church, you shouldn't be offended by how someone treats you. Forgive them and keep working in kingdom life. That's a multi paraphrase. Why do you have a chip on your shoulder? 
Why are you walking around just waiting to be offended? So you could say, God, I tried that church, whether it's Crossroads, whether it's Heritage, whether it's Peoples or Trinity Baptist, bloom where God planted you. Six church brats that pick up their gear and think they're going to get a better husband somewhere else. It's like dating. You know what? No matter where you go, you drag your soul there. I'm going to go down to my two daughters' house. I've got a week off. And when I get to California, I'm going to start a better program for my health. You know what? No matter where I go, I take my appetite there. I tracked Andy's Market down on the peninsula. I timed it. It was four minutes from Peach's house. And after I shopped, it was maybe 12 minutes going back. I mean the best chicken, fresh bakery. And she said, Daddy, I'm so glad you like Andy's. Isn't it a little high? It is, but it's close. I realized that no matter where I go, I take me there. What I've learned in these years of being a church boy from one year of age is people take a long time to be fully developed in Christ. And mostly eight out of ten never completely understand that when you are offended, you should forgive for Christ's sake because he forgave you. The young man, he wanted his money. Probably freedom more than money, but he thought, I'm taking my money with me. I'm taking the portion. You know, big deal, dad has to break the IRA and pay tax. I'm getting mine. Some people walk away from a fellowship because they don't like the music. They'll call Grace for 10 years every week for prayer when they've snubbed the music that Grace leads. Sometimes, I'm okay, baby. I'm of sound mind. Sometimes she goes down the hall like I'm not going to hear. And uh, a certain... Oh, yeah. You know what Vernon's thinking right now? how happy they are that they didn't call my number. They always call Grace. Full of grace. Anyway, yeah. Listen to me. Please take this with a chunk of salt. In our relationship, I like what you do for me, but don't look for me to do anything for you. If it happens, fit it in to the plan. See you Easter. I mean, I'm going back from 1956 to 1976. My family went to one church for one boy's lifetime. That's who I think about when I, I think about this theme. Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled, tongue-talking brats. And when you're in, you're in. And when you're out, you're out. But when you're only halfway out, you're neither in or out. Unbelievable. Stick with me. And I know, he's thinking, well, I know, I know that if I walked away from people's church today, it would be horrible if I was bitter, disappointed, whatever, and try to think of this not in the role as a serving pastor. I know Christ will come after, I love those songs, he'll come after, uh, well, anyway, uh, it doesn't mean I've surrendered my life and my relationship with Christ, but what it does mean, I've got to work on it. 
<laughs> How is that turning the other cheek? How is that forgiving the person that offended me seven times seven? How is that anything that's growth? I am teaching my children. If you don't like what the teacher, what the pastor, what the leader says, walk. And then we wonder why they've been married nine times before they're 30. And you know what? I love I'm not thinking about you. I love everybody here. I'm thankful for your faithfulness. I'm talking about come home. Next time, come in. And the third time, come together. Why do people leave home? What made the younger son want to come home? Say that with me. What made him want to come home? All right. What made him want to come home? You ready to write some stuff down like Pastor Mike encourages? Number one, people did not treat him like his father treated him. He found out people, it ended up that his father gave him funds. People took his funds. His dad had fresh sheets and bedding, 72 degrees. I'm getting anxious from my nap. No, I really don't. Like Alex says, we got to watch the Seahawks win before we get a nap today. Hallelujah. All right. Stay with me. I thought of this because I just thought of this. I am so speaking to myself because I am probably a rare breed here today, COVID Sunday, that's been a prodigal son and an elder brother, and now glad I'm a brother. I made it to the third level. I'm a child of the king. Born again, my redeemer lives, and he loves us. Think about this. All my years of church life, I was pondering this. Except for Vernon's good sermon, I took a break, and then I went back home and pondered it again. What made the son want to come home? People did not treat him like his father treated him. And you know what? People that treated him bad would only remind him of his brother, but that was a known quality. Huh? People did not treat him like the house of God treated him. Why did he come home? His permanent decision was temporary after all. Oh, this is, this is good stuff. I, I, I got it saved on Word, and I got it printed here. I love resources and helps and, and uh, blue letter, all that stuff. But this is from... A lifetime church boy. <laughs> in John 5, there was a man at the pool of Bethesda. He kept trying to get well, but everybody jumped in before him. Later, they found him in church. And I said in the early 90s, when I was re-entering the spiritual home, I said on that verse, the worst day at the feast is better than the best day at the pool of Bethesda. The younger son made a permanent decision that was temporary after all, life in the pig pen. Now he begins to use his left brain. (laughs) I know, brothers, when we get to heaven, we're going to have to ask our creator God, who does all things well, why didn't you make my left brain a little larger than my right brain? In the pig pen, he started to use his left brain. People really use their left brain prayed through, forgive seven times seven, soaked themselves in the epistles. They wouldn't so easily walk away from a fellowship such as this. Or the place where God has planted them. 
Uh, disclaimer, I'm not talking about COVID. I'm not talking about family issues. I'm not talking about work-related. Right? Are you with me? Amen. Amen. Now, he begins to use his left brain. And here's what he says. Tell me again, self-talk. My nana used to, mother used to say, I said to myself, self, tell me again why it was so difficult to be and live at home. <laughs> whatever pods are, corn, whatever it is, fighting the sheep for them. Wow. Tell me again why it was so tough to walk into church when they had music prepared, lift my hands and say, my Redeemer lives. Why am I inserting myself on a very secular, human, sinful, carnal level that pushes the sweet fellowship of God out because I didn't get my own way? Well, Mark, you talk about masks. I'll see you when masks are over, but I probably won't see you in church. Hey, we didn't bring on all this mess. Certainly enough people in our life have been challenged with COVID for us to cut slack to some of the rules. Although I'm with you on some of the freedoms that we could enjoy. Yeah, I know. Tell me again why it's so difficult to be and live at home. And what takes a son-daughter away from a close relationship with our Heavenly Father? You ever thought about it? What takes a child of God, a son or a daughter, away from a close relationship with our Heavenly Father? Perhaps it was the older brother that pushed the younger prodigal to run from home. We know brothers who have distanced or ran from the father because of a sibling or a parent. And I'm not talking about abuse. Abuse should, everyone should live without being abused. Was he selfish? Probably. Carnal? Probably. Did he feel trapped? Probably. The part of his brain that knew his father had big bucks for him worked. The part of his brain that knew how to make mature decisions with money, that did not work. He ran out. I'm going to try to explain what came to me a few hours ago, and I've never said it before. Bear with me. Think about it before you think, I don't know if I can process that. When the younger son left, he took what he had inherited from the father with him. You agree? His father gave him. That's what actually happened. His father gave him his portion. When he left and lived a prodigal wasteful life, he spent that and ran out. He made the decision to come home. We know the great story. Now listen to me. Work on this and give me your feedback as a, as a biblical scholar. When you and I have brothers and sisters in Christ that choose to walk away from Christ, they take their inheritance with them. No matter how deep of a lifestyle or how deep in sin a once close child-daughter son of our Heavenly Father, talking above the level of even a specific church now, a child, a son of God, a daughter of God, they walk away from God. They take the Father's inheritance with them. They take faith. They take the verses of Scripture they memorized. 
They take the love of God with them. Whither can I flee from your presence? The psalmist said, you track me down like a GPS, not just an FBI guy. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. In heaven, you're there. Whither can I flee from your presence? When a son or a daughter of God walks away from Christ, they take the portion that's been invested into them with them. Train up a child in the way that he should go. Proverbs 22. Mold, train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, what? That's not going to leave his memory. Because you take your inheritance with you. Someone maybe miles away from Christ on their part will have a memory shoot up of a camp, of a teen, of a youth pastor, of a song, of a prayer, of a miracle. Yeah, God healed my father in the late 80s. I know it was the God. Yeah, you may, you may be out in the pig pen, but your inheritance, and the deal here is, you can't squander it because he'll never leave you or forsake you. You're the one that walked away. I know no man can pluck me out of my father's hand, but I can walk away. He doesn't have a tight fist. But when I walk away, I walk away with all the portion that's been invested into me. I know that time of joy when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. I said, fire, Donna. Baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. I remember when my sister flew out of the car. She was three, I was five. I looked on the way to church and she rolled against the side of the freeway. 101 in Ventura. My father scooped her up she lived. That's why it's such a tough life to be a backslider. You can have a bitter life walking out of crossroads, heritage, peoples, or a Baptist church because you have unresolved issues. You haven't dealt with issues. But the reason why someone that walks away from God, they just, they're filled with their own ways. They've taken their inheritance with them. That's why I got thinking about it. When the son went back, there was a place at his table because you cannot exhaust he has unlimited supply. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not growing up and hearing that story. Yeah, the poor guy. He put on the work roll. What? What? You cannot exhaust the Father's supply. For out of his infinite riches and glory, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Talking about come home. David made it back home. Saul never did. Samson made it back home. Absalom never made it back home. Jacob made it back home. Esau never made it back home. Simon Peter made it back home. Judas Iscariot never made it back home. Mary Magdalene receiving Christ. And Christ casting out seven demons was always home and never left home. <laughs> like Cheryl and Grace. Not the difference part, but the home part. <laughs> Where else can we go, John 6? Only you have the words of eternal life. When I speak home, I'm talking about your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with your family and extended family, and home, your relationship with your church family that cares for your soul. Coming home, I made it home. Now, some of us, when we came home, we had to kind of come through the back of the side door 
because the religious officials that knew us all of our life set guards at the door that we wouldn't come in the front door. His grace can't quite include that. Charlie made it back home. And we rejoice in the grace of God that's poured upon our lives. Coming home, part one, and we're closing. Coming home, I have a point for each of these. Come home. Come in. Come together. Coming home requires a change of heart. Repentance. You know the good definition of repentance. I'm walking this way. Essentially, I'm with the pigs. And I have a change of heart. says, how many? And I turn and go home. To come home. Maybe to the Heavenly Father. Not so much to a church family. Because when, when they come back, we love them. We receive them. And hopefully they can fit in and not be bitter. But sometimes with a family, you come back. You've wasted years. Addictions. Money. It's always good to say. Whichever side it is, honey, I'm sorry. Forgive Even if you end up just platonic, is a good way to grow your Christian life. Amen? Coming home requires a change of heart, repentance, a change of direction, from growing this direction to coming home. Lord, open wide your arms of life. Lord, I'm coming home. Amen. Let's stand. Is that you, Pastor Alex? Come, pray us. Pray us out. Now, I know I'm, it's kind of a risk to add, ask our Holy Ghost anointed Spanish church leader to pray. Well, maybe it's just what we need. Come on, come on, come on. It's okay if I pray in Spanish? Yes, yes that's even better. We believe in unknown tongues. Go ahead. Padre que estás en gloria, te damos gracias, Señor, por este momento tan lindo, Señor, que nos permites estar en tu casa, Señor. Gracias, Dios mío amado, por lo que tú estás haciendo, Señor, y seguirás haciendo, Padre, en estas últimas, Señor, aleluya, tiempo donde estamos sí. viviendo, Dios mío amado. Señor, que tú derrames, Señor, de tu santo espíritu, Padre, en cada vida, Señor. Y que todos, Señor, regresemos, Dios mío amado, aleluya, a ese tiempo, Padre, a donde tú, Señor, tienes ya para nosotros, Señor, preparado, Señor. Así como el hijo pródigo regresó a casa, Señor, en el nombre de Jesús, te pido, Señor, que bendigas a cada uno de los que estamos aquí, Señor Padre, y que todos, Padre, podamos regresar, Señor, al primer amor, Señor, y servirte, Padre, en el nombre de Jesús. Thank you, Jesus.